0: I've been okay with Jonathan Archer to this point. He makes mistakes. Hmm. He maybe doesn't learn from his mistakes. Starfleet doesn't, doesn't have a lot of regulations in place to sort of punish someone or control someone like this. But he is kind of the uh, prototypical captain. However, when Trip uh, asked him to cross his legs, I was, I was out on Jonathan Archer Star Trek captain <laughs> because that is, that is not how a Star Trek captain crosses his legs, especially in public, on command.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, you got to protect everything on ships like that. So I understand you don't want to leave yourself open to take one through the five hole. You know,
0: <laughs> the chair, chair has ample room. Captain commands if he wants. There's no one up fair, there with him.
1: To be fair, I mean, there's a few things I identify with in this episode. First and foremost, these chair problems he seems to be having. Um, but he also like where those armrests are. You might not even you, you might not be able to get the full you know t-bar cross in your legs it might be too tight so it yeah. might be his only option
0: yeah it's like the desks at a school which were like attached to the chair you know that come up on one mm. side so you can only cross your leg on one side because your knee will get stuck under the other one if you don't but he's got some he's got some real elementary school problems uh, in this one <laughs> let's take a break we'll play a clip from the episode and we'll come back and we'll break down singularity the next two days should provide you with ample opportunity it's not that i haven't had the time they only asked for a page how am I supposed to sum up my father's life in a page would have been easier if they'd asked me to write the book
1: perhaps by focusing on one incident a single event that exemplifies your relationship with your father you'll be able to condense your thoughts
0: logical approach all right, this is Singularity. It's the ninth episode of the second season. It came out on November 20th, 2002, written by Chris Black, directed by Patrick Norris. In-universe date is August 14th, 2152. In this episode, when approaching a black hole, the crew starts exhibiting strange behavior and uncharacteristically obsesses over trivial matters, much like this podcast. Um, <laughs> after After a long string of subpar episodes i damn near applauded at the end of this one uh this mm. is this is a pretty middling episode i think especially the end which i think is kind of a letdown in a way that enterprise i'm getting used to being let down by enterprise in the way that it wraps things up but i um i thought this one was pretty good i i thought that it, i thought it had an interesting problem i thought they developed the problem effectively like it was it felt like a natural build and uh what it's light on in plots, I thought it kind of did a good job in character development for people. I thought that they, mm-hmm. I thought you got some insight into some people uh, in a way that you maybe you wouldn't in a, in a kind of a naked now sense or naked time or whatever it was for TOS and TNG. But um, I, thought some, I, th- I just thought it was competent, really. Like, that's my main takeaway from this one. I thought this so, was like an so interesting. It's all we can ask for at this point. Interestingly, like, interestingly competent. It, mm-hmm. was, it was well done, and I was intrigued the, most of the way through up until the very end, I think. When Archer gets his cold shower, is the turning point for me. At that point, I'm like, "This is, this is
1: unfortunate that it had to end this way." But I, I understand what you did here. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mentioned I had a few things in common. Uh, first and foremost, chair. Secondly, I had a very hard time staying awake while watching this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess it was better than the other ones, but I, I don't know. I didn't particularly care for this. It's. I, I, I will say I the version of Reed presented in this episode is a lot more in line with the Reed that I kinda wish that they had. I kinda liked uh hyper military militarized Reed. Yeah. Um with he's his Reed a lot alerts. more Yeah, he's a lot uh, Ugh, ugh <laughs> uh, Reed alert. Give me a fucking break, guys. Um He's a he's a lot more interesting than uh uh casually not eating the food and ignoring you read which I don't care much for yeah um yeah I don't know I I think I think for me the I don't think they went far enough with it um I think the stuff that they were obsessing over I didn't really feel like was that interesting um the flock stuff was kind of interesting because he's about to lobotomize Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Another another great instance of them knocking Mayweather out for the entire episode instead of actually doing anything yeah. with him. Yeah, he puts up a little um,
0: bit of a fight here before he and he's 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 put down against his will, unlike right. the other ones where yeah. it's it's either his fault or he chooses to take a nap or something. Yeah. Um,
1: the home. Archer, the Archer one was kind of interesting. But I found it, I found him, I found his acting very grating. Um, can we, can we, I, I thought that this
0: episode, maybe a good place to go off for of that, for the characterization here, I thought that this episode was the strongest example of why Bacula is kind of miscast here. Because he, mm-hmm. all of the other, all the other actors are fairly effective at getting mad and speaking with authority. And Bakula mm. can never speak with authority. He always sounds like he's trying to be too nice to people when he's talking. Right, and, right. And the, the, one of the reasons I like this episode is that, like what well, you are saying, that the the smallness of... Or that their problems didn't really amount to anything, this twofold problem with this. One of that ties into the ending, which we can get to. But the, the other thing is uh, just not feeling like it had enough going on. I like the smallness of it because, to me, there's something extra horrifying to be into paul's position where their their concerns are so these people are like on the edge of madness really like it's Mm -hmm. like what are they talking about and i think that the smallness of their concerns is also effective because it it takes a little while for you to soak in that something's gone wrong here like the the scene where hoshi's asking about job with that yeah Yeah. the scene where hoshi's talking about her food or asks read about the food it comes across as just kind of an awkward interaction between the two of them. You don't you don't get the mm. sense that they're trying to build that something has gone wrong there, which they they are, but it comes across more like a a weird conversation that the crew members are having. And I think that the the smallness of it is interesting to me just because it's realistically terrifying. Like it's kind mm. of it's strange that they would be stuck on these tiny insignificant things. To the point that some people actually call this a comedy episode. I don't go that far. I think that I think the tone is kind of horrific in a lot of ways. And it's maybe a super <coughs> dark comedy, but I wouldn't call it a comedy. But that's what I like about it. And that's what I like about the smallness of their problems and being obsessed with very stupid things that is um concerning to, to Paul.
1: Yeah. Well it's not it's not the fact that they're concerned with stupid things that bothers me. It's that I don't find that many of them uh i i don't know i just wasn't feeling what the what the uh the, th- what you were supposed to get out of their obsession character wise um i i understand archer reed i get in in theory but he's never really been played as as someone that would be this obsessive um like his his over obsession about everything that he's getting on about doesn't feel like it's a natural progression of who he is. Generally, he's pretty much just a wet blanket. But I, but um, I think
0: the sickness is making them all just obsessive. It's not it's not that it's playing up. Sure, on, I think I almost think it's like they they all get obsessed with whatever they were doing when they crossed a certain threshold into that radiation. Mm-hmm. So Hoshi's cooking, you know, and Reed is making his little thing and. Uh, Trip is working on the chair, so I don't. Yeah, that's I don't, fine. I don't, I don't but think I, it's I a naked now. It's not a naked now situation where it exposes their inner inhibitions.
1: Really, it's just kind of like this random thing that they all get attached to. Yeah, I guess my argument against that would be then, uh, what's the point if you're not going to really get anything character wise out of it? Um, the fa-
0: I think the failure is that their obsessions aren't used in the solution that
1: Paul has at the end
0: where. I would say that the script could be clever if T'Pol
1: used the obsessions. We can't get through this radiation unless you're sitting in a fully built chair, eating a bowl of soup while also (laughs) testing an alert (laughs) system and getting a lobotomy. Something like that.
0: If they had managed to pay off those threads and T'Pol played their hyper uh, obsessions off in, in a way that... Uh, yeah i think that would came have been, together i think
1: that works yeah 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 she's she's uh extremely passive through all of this uh if she had found a way to like direct their obsessions yes. into yeah. into solving the problem i think that would have been really fun um but helped, but they just knock everybody out and take everybody off the board right
0: and or the um, the enterprise thing is archer she just gives archer a cold shower and Archer, mm-hmm. just through his sheer manliness, willpower is able to pull it together enough where he can help her fly the ship through. And it's, yeah. you know, it's just like terrible early 2000 CG of them shooting the asteroids. And it's a typical Enterprise action ending that is disconnected totally from the the problem that they're facing yeah. at that point.
1: And it's, you know, it's just Bacula going like,
0: oh, did you say six or two? Right. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, it's, e- oh. it's
1: even less engaging than it usually is because it's them like yelling phone numbers at each right. other while they're. <laughs> <laughs> shaky camming their way through an asteroid field.
0: And I don't think their obsessions needed to be the same to tie up that way, but you should have right. rewritten their obsessions to make sense in a way that you can end the episode based on that. And once they're clear of the radiation, they'll just get better from it. And T'Pol has succeeded because she put all this stuff into motion.
1: Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen things get crazier and, and then have her have to try and navigate it that way instead of just knocking everybody out. Um, Because, I, I mean, at this point, after you know fifteen seasons of Star Trek, opening a show with everybody on the ship being passed out—it's like okay, fine, yeah, we're doing this again. Like I, one person I feel recording like a log too—is yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like they've done something like that many, many times. I find um, it effective still.
0: So I was, I was pleased that they yeah, did it. Yeah, yeah, because I kind of like the setup. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, and you, you, you don't necessarily have to do that to create a mystery. You could start it with just to pull with them entering the radiation field. It doesn't need to be this flash forward or flashback type of thing. But I, mm-hmm. I like the, it's like a solid enough mystery where I was happy that they did something that I could understand where the mystery was coming from in terms of the show. The show wasn't always successfully set up mysteries. So I thought that there was like, mm-hmm. this is, this is effective enough.
1: Yeah. It's tough for me. Cause I, this is another one where I think the mystery ultimately wasn't really that interesting. Um, like I, I'm, I'm, a lot more interested in what they're doing and and what they're becoming obsessive about, or at least I should be, um, than I am about the because an- it's not like it, it, like very quickly it real I realized okay this is going to be another you're going to get the answer to the mystery in the last five minutes or ten minutes of the episode and it doesn't really it's just in a, it's just a catalyst thing and it doesn't really matter yeah um, so I think kind of understanding that i i'm i'm watching it thinking all right well ultimately this mystery is not going to really be that interesting of a payoff for me so what am i grabbing on to um and yeah i wish there was i wish there was a little bit more in the in the body of it um in that regard
0: yeah they don't they don't they're not focused again it's a kind of a it's an interesting mix of whether or not it's supposed to be character based or not. Because Archer dealing with his father is semi character based. I feel I think that Reed mm-hmm. is certainly based around what Reed would have his like deep dark desires to be. I never get the sense that Trip is super eager to please to build a chair for Archer. Mm-hmm. It just feels like that he's another reason why it's just a moment in time that snags them and they get obsessed with it. Flocks makes sense. So <coughs> th- those are really your two options. You can either you can either have the naked now effect where they all reveal something about themselves by going through this, Mm -hmm. or you can just do a clever plot-building structure device where the things that go wrong, T'Pol uses to fix towards the end. Mm -hmm. And... (coughs) Excuse me. And... I think it... I think the the way that I get through... The way that I enjoyed this one is I thought that... It kind of highlighted there a decent cast outside of Bacula who's just miscast, I think. Like, I... I think they're all fairly effective at uh, acting in a way that you couldn't say about a lot of other casts. I don't think on Star Trek, like this one feels smaller, but it also feels more effective in a lot of ways. And um, I just get, I think there's an aspect to this one where I like episodes that feel like they take advantage of enterprises prequel nature. And for some reason I feel like this one does in a lot of ways. Like I, just with the things that they're doing i like the working on the chair like this sort of low key mm-hmm. like silly shit uh stuff that isn't you know picard would never complain about his chair but i find it appropriate that archer would complain about his chair and yeah. i that feels like a very enterprisey thing and the whole the the tenor of this one felt enterprisey to me and it felt uh like the show had almost regrafted what its tone was supposed to be in a lot of ways mm-hmm.
1: i liked it for that reason i hated the red alert subplot I oh, really? really, really did not like that. You didn't even like the um, way
0: it somewhat effectively pulls into the end, which I gave it a mild thumb. Yeah, up, the way that the weapons are ready when they need them to be. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was fine. It was just, it was just so much of a of a of an uh, a very, very, very slow Lucille Bluth wink to the mm-hmm. camera. Yeah, you know, and I don't know. It just it, especially when he, especially when they said read alert. I was like, ugh.
0: Are <laughs> red alert's uh, not a. Maybe I just uh, give greater importance to this. Is it is that purely a Star Trek thing? I feel like red
1: alerts are in the Navy or something that you would. I don't know, but I never thought it was like something that that was that needed to be explained.
0: (laughs) Especially two hundred years from now, you'd be like, we need some way to alert people. We we have notifications on our phones now. That like you'd you'd, you'd come up with something uh, different. Yeah,
1: it's like I the the uh, explaining the red alert function on Enterprise and having it still exist in its exact same form all the way up through Voyager, is like if instead of getting announcements on our phones, we still had a town crier yeah. who would walk through and scream everything at us.
0: Yeah, I'm not even sure the the problem, Arch, Arch's problem is just like, you know, it takes a long time to tell people exactly what's going on every single day. If we could just have a flashing light that people would
1: respond to and know to go well, to he was, It was. Wasn't it like, uh, didn't he say like he thought that... Uh, what they were doing was, like, too aggressive or something? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to say battle stations because that's too, you know, get everybody just need on to edge. Just gotta, Saying battle stations is going to put everybody in a really tense situation. So what if we have this really annoying noise that goes off and everything turns red? Sounds good to that's me. That's nothing, nothing stressful about that at all.
0: Reed will <laughs> like it. And, um, yeah, I I mean, outside of that, I'm I'm not really sure – what else there is to this episode uh i again it doesn't have character work in it really so you're just kind of limited to what the actors are doing and whether or not you think that the storylines work did you find did you find this episode funny or do you find it i don't know if it terrifying it's not it's not terrifying. i would call this episode unsettling i think at least for a good portion sure.
1: of it it's a little bit unsettling i thought the the most unsettling slash creepiest element was the flocks element because yep. he very quickly turns into uh, Dr. Mengele with yeah. his black black rubber scrubs on that he's about to do the lobotomy with.
0: Um, it's another nice escalation thing, too, where you think his the first line that shows he's going crazy, you chalk it up to a bad bedside manner where he's like, right. you know, the whatever flu can, can still eat it. And that's a joke in another Star Trek show. But I think they very effectively layer that where it's just the – initial trickle of his insanity coming through there and you don't get a full sense of it so i I like stuff like that i thought that was it was subtle for enterprise
1: yeah i think i think that lead up is the is the best part of the episode um they they handle it pretty well and they do keep it fairly subtle um i guess that's kind of why i wish they had gone a little bit further with it because it always kind of seems parked in second gear like they're being obsessive about stuff, but it never really feels like. Well, except for the part where Archer manhandles to Paul out of his room. Um, <laughs> it never seems like they reach the height of obsessiveness that they could. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that I that would have liked a little bit more of that. I think. Interestingly, the obsession
0: never is the imminent danger to the ship. Besides the fact that no one is functional enough to change the course of the ship. Um, hmm. Normally in episodes like this it would be the crew you know the engineer would get obsessed with trying to find something that's gone wrong in the engine room and he starts to like turn the engines off and stuff like that and they you know there's some kind of danger that sure, comes with their sure. obsessions. This is all much more low key than that and the danger just comes from I don't I don't even really buy that Tapal needs help. To, I, they had asteroids and stuff but it's like, it, it just felt it doesn't feel earned, or it doesn't feel like it's good writing. Where topol is like, I just can't do this by myself. I need, right. I need one other yeah. half drunk person up here pushing <laughs> buttons with me at the same time. <laughs> I guess this is pre. They don't have the um, computer that they can talk to yet. They, the, right. the, the ship doesn't have that sort of voice, the, the AI that drives everything. So, you know, the ending yeah. again is just a letdown in that case.
1: Yeah, I think I think I would have liked that more if they if if they had pushed it. In a way where it's like, uh, Trip is working on this chair, but he realizes in order to really get this stabilization that he wants, he needs to pull this part out of the engine or yeah. something like that, which then causes something else to, to not work.
0: They can't escape uh, the pull of the black hole at that point. because yeah, the, the engines like are that. off, yeah. and then
1: something Reed's doing is is also hindering the ship or whatever. Or and his, Hoshi's uh, food is
0: giving everyone horrible indigestion,
1: and no one yes.
0: no one's able to to get to, it, get to yeah. their posts. Yeah oh she
1: oh she i didn't realize she had such deep seated um fear of uh uh failing her family yeah although i do i, I do identify with with making a family recipe and then being like mm, this isn't right <laughs> even though everybody else is like it tastes fine <laughs> it's
0: over salted i i do like those um those soups, the, uh, she was making like pho or something. She probably didn't call it that, but it's some kind of ramen or something, I assume. But it, I do like uh, those Asian soups. They're very, very tasty. The broth. Mm-hmm. It's all about the broth. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else to talk about with this one, really? Um, I Maybe I should, I guess. No, I think I talked about everything, about that I like, like I, that I enjoy about this one, although enjoy is
1: probably... Uh, strong for what it is i thought i thought it was I, th- I mean that's that's what's tough is like you're, you're caveating liking it with like i liked it but like comparatively mm-hmm. relatively to the other ones and i'm just like not excited to talk about it at all it's so, a, i mean it's a straight it's a straight three
0: really but we've we've gone yeah, we've gone 10 episodes maybe. i think without getting to getting to that i guess because i yeah yeah i i I guess our difference there is just that you weren't drawn in by the uh insanity plot lines, I guess. And I wonder why mm-hmm. I was sort of intrigued by it. I guess I just I guess it all just comes back to I did like the um the small strangeness of it. And I, I don't think it's sure. funny. I don't I don't think that there's anything particularly funny or interesting about it, but just like I like the scene where To walks into uh, the whatever tactical office that Reed has, and Reed is like, "What's your code?" She's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" He's like, mm. "We have codes now. Everyone has to tell me their codes." And like, do you think that the episode focused on it enough from To Paul's point of view? I think it is To Paul's point of view that carries everything. She's the one talking to the log. She's the one that's sort of interacting with everybody. <clears throat> um, and talking
1: I th- to the log now, who's the crazy one?
0: And I, I. I think there's a good sense that she's in danger without any really overt danger being thrown at her. You know? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I get the sense that she's unsettled by it, but there hasn't... No one pulls... Oh, I guess someone does pull a knife on her. Flox pulls a knife on her. Um, but there's not a, a tremendous amount of that, so I appreciate that. It's not like people are holding phasers at her everywhere she goes.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think ultimately it's just, like, really middling as far as stakes and and tension drama you Mm. know because i think you could go that way like if you do if you have trip needs a piece from the warp core for his ridiculous chair uh and so and then Tapal is put in the brig by reed or something because reed doesn't trust her because she's a shifty Vulcan without a the right passcode or whatever now she can't fly the ship you know like i I think you you could have gone that way maybe that's just maybe that's too much i don't know Mm. but
0: <clears throat> yeah. Mm. We need a um You you do you wander into you wander into a strange space because it is fairly reminiscent of other Crew Goes Crazy episodes. So when you when you mm-hmm. write your Crew Goes Crazy script, you kind of need to do something that's yeah totally different from the other Crew Goes Crazy stories. And I I thought I guess I would say that I thought that this one did that successfully enough in the thing that they were focused on while they were going crazy. Sure. Like a lot of there are other episodes, I feel like the obsession becomes uniform across everybody. Like Everybody is obsessed with uh, mm. d- drinking lemonade. Like It just beca- right, becomes right. the one thing that everyone wants to do. And here it's a little bit different. It's more along the Naked Now line, but at the same time, Naked Now doesn't show you anything. I will say that the timing of an episode like this is better than the Naked Now, which was very early in both TOS and TNT yes. because you you know the
1: characters, so you know that they're acting weird yeah i was thinking that too but again that is one of those things where it's like well i mean like the stuff that they're doing i don't think is like i don't think you are the the crazy way that they're acting i don't really think is that amplified by having it this deep into the show versus if this was the second episode because because like i was saying the stuff that they're being focused on isn't like character amplified character stuff that we're aware of right it works all, for the, ex- yeah, ex- yeah right except for archer and his dad but i mean you know you watch the first episode you can figure that out mm-hmm. um so yeah i it's i i do think it's a better placement uh, on paper but as far as the content i think you could have done this episode three in the first season and not really much would change
0: yeah Archer's focus is probably a little bit better uh, just because his, for how much Archer's dad seems to be important, you don't really know a lot about Archer's dad. Um, mm-hmm. This continues that. It's just he, he wants to write the preface for his this guy's book and um just can't narrow it down or can't do a good enough job. So there's clearly a... Archer has a need to impress his, I'm assuming, dead father. Like he... The the relationship is that Archer doesn't want to let him down. He sees the kind of importance that he's carrying on in this mission, and he even down to the preface of some other bibli- uh, biography about the guy. He doesn't want to do a bad job on it. I thought that there was something. There's something there. This is not the episode to flesh it out, but there there is something that I'd be interested in seeing uh, about Archer and his father, outside of As just someone- flashbacks
1: as someone who tends to get annoyed at the length of prefaces and introductions to books a 19 page preface does seem like one to kind of groan at if i was trip regardless of whether or not i'm crazy
0: why do they have um, i assume everything is on a kindle so it should just be you're allowed 3% of this of this <laughs> book like you can't give me yeah what does 19 pages mean in this day and yeah. age are they still using word with like split pages and 8 by 11 sheets of paper yeah. I
1: assume it would be like a word limit or something. Yeah. <laughs> character limit. <laughs> that makes him sound like he's a journalist, though. He's I got to get 3000 words done before the <laughs> before lunch. You've got 280 characters to tell us what your father means to us, to you.
0: And also like the it, it is kind of crying out for something else, because the ending scene is funny where Archer goes up to T'Pol and is like, can you read my book now, or read my thing now? And. It's a funny button on it because it feels like it would come at the end of an episode where Archer and Tapal become closer with each other mm-hmm. through some reason. Um, and it's not that. He's just he's done with the writing, writing his preface. And she did save the day, but it's not there's no personal bond between them that is rewarded by that scene at the end. There's a, right. They didn't build anything besides fly the ship together, which is totally what their job responsibilities would be. So it's just kind of an interesting little end button that felt like it belonged on a different episode yeah
1: well he does ask her to read it before he goes yep. nuts right yeah 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 so they they do give you a little bit of a lead in there and i i, I actually thought that scene was kind of interesting because it does seem like they are becoming more friendly with each other than they have been yeah um i just think the solution
0: is, doesn't amplify that emotional connection sure. yeah yeah i would agree
1: okay. yeah let's take a break and at no at no point is he like by the way i'm sorry i grabbed you by the shoulders and 1950s movie <laughs> hysterical hysterical woman <laughs> shook you out of my out of my quarters.
0: Captain, we have to they don't play up uh to Paul's strength really. All that much here. She should be pretty strong, but
1: she's unwilling to use her her powers. Is, I I know this is probably not true, but is this the first time she uses the neck pinch?
0: I think so, but I wouldn't bet
1: money on yeah, it. Yeah, I wouldn't bet
0: money on it either, but Seems you, you, it's a fitting. It's a fitting
1: one. You like. It's, oh, she's sure. going yeah. to give him the pinch, and she does. And flox. It was a weird cut, though. Like they cut away, and then they cut back as like Flox is starting to fall over. Yeah. Um. So I was. I was one of those things. Where I was like. Can she not do it right or something <laughs> do they have to like cut around her hand movements because she yeah. can't get it right Julian's just not nailing this neck pinch it looks terrible like, what is on it the is it is it Zachary Kento can't actually do the Vulcan thing they had to glue his fingers together <laughs> <laughs> Give him the duck webbing
0: let's take a break we'll play a clip from the episode we'll come back read some patient thoughts give our final thoughts about singularity
1: how's the crew Oh I'm continuing to monitor vital signs but I've detected uh lingering effects from the radiation, mostly just rattled nerves, a few bruises and sprains from when some of them lost consciousness.
0: I appreciate your intervening uh, before I got any further with Mr. Mayweather's procedure.
1: I wasn't certain it would work on a denobulin.
0: It worked quite effectively, I can assure you. What procedure on Mr. Mayweather? The radiation affected my nervous system rather severely. I'll be with you in a moment. Okay, done. I'll provide you with a full report when I've finished treating the crew. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our content today. Thank you for listening to the show. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash file and give a couple dollars a month and you get extra stuff like podcasts and polls and behind the scenes and commentary tracks. All that good stuff at patreon.com slash file. And as always, our Captain tier supporters get a shout out. A special thank you goes to Christian Pouch, Tark Latif, Chris Tinsley, Mike Burnett, Sean, Cardinal Doomsday, Joint Mango, Matt Cutler, Ben Douglas, Neil Brennan, Cal Barrett, Sam Custer, Nick Sergi, Bradley Killens, Matthew Ross, Rune Vendler, Nathan, Nathan Elliott, Eric Johnson, Andrew Cherlog, Grim Santo, Point G, Dwayne Hackett, Paulo Roscoe, Jordan Cooper, Derek Zajac, Kevin Reyes, Vault 13 Hero, Stefan Minton, Nick the Rat, Darth Mosk, HH28, Matt 6, Jacob123, Jakey's Gamer, Patrick Seba, Captain Brazen, Kevin Lowry, Eric Sanchoan, Corey Martin, and I can't drag the actual physical piece of paper, so I have to move it, and it's William Scheisler is the last one. Thank you guys very much for supporting the show. Thank you for listening. And uh, now we go to patron thoughts, I suppose. If you're a patron, you leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes, and we read them. There's only six on this one, so a lot of people didn't have stuff to say, similar to... Ourselves, I suppose. Although I loved this episode. (laughs) Matthew Ross says Singularity, the introduction of the new OCD hole actually felt a bit like an acting exercise where each character has to act a specific type of obsession. Wait's, wait, what's Porthos' obsession? The idea of the read alert, get it, and getting the ship ready for action suddenly just occurs to this crew and the worst captain ever is hilarious. That's right, Archer. We need a kind, gentle way to get ready for the fight. Everybody start hugging. The story is an interesting concept and more original than the last several stories.
1: I did like, uh, I thought there was good Porthos acting in this episode. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> it's good. And when he, he all he really has to do, he has to he has to nail the getting yelled at and goes and lies down on his his bed as opposed to sitting on mm-hmm. Archer's bed. Yep. What are you even doing in here, Porthos? Oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's the Porthos is probably underutilized. He had that weird episode where he went down to the planet and pissed on the tree and got everybody <laughs> mad. I think that's night and sick bay or whatever the hell that was. Right. Um yeah. But yeah, he's he's kind of underutilized in an interesting way. Th- like this is the one where he, Ar- you see, Archer going crazy, and he c- turns Porthos into like uh, Fatal Attraction, Bunny in the Pots type stuff, you know, like that. It's like it's something,
1: something crazy happens to Porthos. I can't write this until I take my dog for a walk, and then he shoves him in the airlock, <laughs> right. and then he sets the timer on the airlock to shoot him out of the space.
0: <laughs> Point extra G says. Singularity, another one of those episodes where everyone starts acting weird. At least this one is far enough into the show to know what everyone's normal behavior is. Once again, Travis spends most of the episode out of the commission. This is more mediocre Star Trek, and I don't know what else I can say about it. Yep. Latte Librarian says, Singularity, <laughs> Enterprise hasn't had a good enough track record with female characters to not get the side eye when they put Hoshi in the kitchen in this episode. At least to Paul saves the day, forgettable episode, but not a struggle to watch. Three tactical alerts out of five. I think that's a good sentence. Forgettable, but not a struggle to watch. Cal Barrett. Put it up. Put it on the poster. Cal Barrett says, singularity. Hoshi shouting carrots is a top five Star Trek moment. And overall, scary. this yeah. is just a very fun, silly episode. Although, I wish we saw the background extras in the midst of Obsession 2 because the episode makes it seem like it's only the main cast who have been affected. I love Reed in this episode, and to be honest, this is how he should be the whole time. Malcolm hasn't been this excited about something since he discovered he could use a tin of pineapple rings as a flashlight. If he ever asks if he wants something to eat while visiting his quarters, it's best to decline B+.
1: Everything about that sounds awful. (laughs)
0: <laughs> as someone who's gotten my finger stuck in a tin can before it just that's yeah there's now there's nothing the kids did it too they both the kids have both done it they if you have a if you have young kids you can't put the tins in the trash because they just grab the can and their finger gets stuck between the lid and the the can and it's like every single time mm. How many thousands of times must we do this before you learn children?
1: I'll be honest with you. I still, whenever I open a can of like tuna fish or something, I always still open. I do the thing with the opener and then I open it with like a fork or something else. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, my mother very appropriately (laughs) has explained to me that once you open the can, you've created essentially a giant scalpel that you need to open with your fingers so don't use your fingers use something else that can't be sliced by this razor thin piece of metal that you've just created
0: yeah i generally rip the top off it's just sometimes i don't like i generally take once you've opened it a little bit you can kind of bend it back and it snaps the the lid off of the thing and then it's no Mm -hmm. longer a danger you can dispose of it safely or something but it is uh it is very dangerous or sometimes when you have a lot of college experiences of like seven dudes sharing one can opener, but at the, at the end of three months, the thing just can't open anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you really just have to rely. You can't do the twisting anymore. You can just punch holes around the edges and then use a knife to like pop the rest oh, of the God. can out there, there.
1: there is nothing worse than trying to open a can that needs a can opener and not having one that works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're a great invention. The, the, the tool and the, the tool and the can go hand in hand there's like no way to get into a can without a can opener all right yeah
1: it's I've, I've definitely been in that situation where like yeah like in college or something it's like i need to make this thing because people are coming over or something shit i just realized i don't have a can opener mm-hmm. now i have to get a hammer and a knife yeah, and try no to like open yeah yeah <laughs> try to like chisel my way into this thing open it enough that i can like squeeze the pineapple juice out yep. or whatever yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> you get it good enough where it comes out but it's not it's not not pretty it's just kind of like getting uh, getting something out of a bag thomas darnell says singularity i don't know i feel like the slow build loses a lot of its impact when the show tips its hands too quick i thought flocks was used well and very creepy and i like that one single crew member reed managed to obsess over something useful but it was annoying annoying slash boring to watch the others obsess over pointless things well after we got the point i guess there was some humor in it i'll give it a high too
1: the only thing worse than not having a can open you need when you need one is having one that keeps losing its grip. Yeah. like you were saying like when they you slip. get like two cranks and then it pops off. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> it's it's the it's the most annoying thing and in the entire planet.
0: Sharpen that little wheel right up and just yeah. dig it into it. No, I know some. Have you the, ever uh,
1: have you ever filled up the gas tank in your car and the the pump keeps clicking like it keeps letting go
0: i don't know i yeah i i have a a very
1: weird i have a thing about that that happened the other day yeah i i was driving home with dave from a concert so it's like one o'clock in the morning and i i have no gas and we pulled over to this gas station that was you know one of those singular singular gas stations off the side of like 93 north coming out of mansfield and there's nobody there i get the thing i start filling the car up but every time i pull the thing it just clicks and it stops filling yeah so i had to like find the pressure point that allowed me to squeeze it enough that gas was coming out in like a trickle but not squeeze so much that it would just stop (laughs) and so it probably took me about 15 (laughs) minutes to put like a gallon of gas in my car no it's it's (laughs) you feel
0: you feel very dirty well you're (laughs) You're just like inserting this gas thing and like squeezing it a little bit. But it's, we had one, my mother in law visited and she's from New Jersey. So they don't pump their own gas. So she had me go pump the gas because she doesn't doesn't like to do it. And I took her car and I pulled into one station. And it's busy, so there's cars lining up behind me, and it's doing the thing you're talking about. The gas is, it's like you squeeze it, it clicks open after like one yep. second. And I'm, I'm there trying to like jiggle. I'm like, is this, a, is this like a pressure or an angle thing? Like, how do I get this to go? And I put in, I put in what I thought was a full tank. I thought I'd put in enough uh, gas into it after like you know, 15 minutes of this awkward doing that while people were waiting behind me. And so I get back into the car, and it's mm-hmm. nowhere near full. And she has to go back to New Jersey a couple hundred miles. So I'm like, I need to fill it up. I can't go back to this gas station, so I had to drive to a new gas station and get into there. (laughs) And it was the same thing. So it wasn't it wasn't the pump. There was something there's something with the car or something that it can't it can't the angle of the gas slope or whatever is not allowing the fumes to get away and it's causing the finger trigger. Sure. Yeah. It's It's really great that they put that car into production. (laughs) That German said goddamn German engineering. They're so good at everything except for gas ventilation. Um Last comment. Nick the Rat says, Singularity, the black hole radiation seemed to really boost the crew's work output. It was an odd choice that they only showed it affecting the senior crew. I wish the episode was longer and gave more time to Flocks, letting him perform horrific, unnecessary surgery on more crew members. What nightmare fuel. When T'Pol needed someone to fly the ship, I was really hoping she would have plopped Porthos into the captain's chair. I like when the show establishes, establishes Trek lore, like the chair's
1: control panels and the red alert. High two out of five centimeters. They even missed an opportunity to get some like nice eye candy going and have Mayweather just get really obsessed with doing like shirtless pull ups. Oh, right. I know. Yeah. He's got to, got to hit the gym.
0: <clears throat> On a, interesting that he can just not show up to work and no one comes down and is like, where the fuck is yeah. Mayweather?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was like, I've been here for 28 hours. It's like, who's covering your shift, man? Yeah. He's, um,
0: it's an interesting combination of I don't know if it's a intentional where the, the actor for Mayweather is good at playing indecisive or something like mm. he, he he does come across as someone who's not really quite sure what he should be doing at that time. So he, he does feel like the right character. And I would not believe any of the other characters said that they sat there for 24 hours and like refused to just like walk out of there and tell Flox to go fuck himself. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's an interesting combination of writing and acting and i don't know if it's intentional but it seems to work fairly well for him he's the only character i would buy that would do that
1: mm. it's
0: a lazy just a just a lazy <laughs> lazy guy who wants to sit around and have have uh shots and uh lobotomies done on him as he can sit around fairly scary though fairly fairly terrifying yeah uh i guess that's it thank you very much for supporting the show thank you for leaving comments about singularity Thank you for listening. Now we'll go to our ratings, Clay. What are you going to give this one? Our scale of one to five.
1: Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't think I like this enough to give it a three. I think I'm going to give it a high two.
0: Sure, It fits in line with our patrons. I'm going to give it a three. I thought. I thought it was. I thought it was functional. Um, I thought it was. It doesn't really have anything outside the ending. Nothing outside the ending really annoyed me about it. Um, if that's the big difference, I just. I just thought that the. Enterprise doesn't like to do an ending that's built off of what came before it. It's just like it's Mm. in the Bible of the show. They're just like, you're just going to fly through some asteroids and shoot them with the lasers and get the hell out of there. And that'll be the end of it. I wish they had done something. Thank you very much for listening. We're done. Read alert. The read alert. Done with singularity. I think they call it a tactical alert going forward, but that'll be something. That'll be something to keep our eyes on. Uh, that's it thank you very much for listening thank you for supporting the show patreon.com slash the Penske file if you're interested in supporting the show otherwise Chloe do you have anything you want to say
1: Uh, we just had our Rotten Horror Picture Show coverage of John Carpenter's The Thing out last week uh, this week was a new episode of Batass, and then the following week on Rotten Horror is I forget but it's a good movie whatever it is
0: hmm I don't remember
1: either. It's not it.
0: It's not. Nope. You did did carry.
1: It's uh, it's our 20th episode, uh, milestone 20th episode, and it's a uh, wild card episode. We'll be doing the autopsy of Jane Doe. That's what it is. Oh,
0: okay. You guys can check that out at thepenskyfile.com. It'll be up there. All the feeds are there. Otherwise, you can go to the YouTube channel. And I guess that's it. We're done with Singularity. The next one is not Singularity. It is, hopefully this is right, Vanishing Point. Vanishing point.
1: Ooh. Is this the episode where Trip drives a Dodge Challenger across four states while being chased by the cops? I'm down for that.
0: <laughs> it's not the one where Archer gets uh, pulls into a gas station with his uh, girlfriend who gets kidnapped and he never sees her and he has to find out what happened to her and then he finds out. <laughs> Did you
1: have you ever see that movie? The Vanishing? Yeah. Yeah which one did you watch did you watch the original the orig- or the, uh, yeah whatever one? the original Dutch one or whatever it was yeah yeah I thought it was pretty good I watched that a long time ago yeah. uh, I remember I watched I think I started the American one and it was one of those cases where it's like it's such just a shot for shot remake oh is it with yeah who's the with, lead it's in like, that one
0: Is someone strange I think it's
1: Kiefer Sutherland yes yeah that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sutherland. and yeah. I think Dennis Quaid plays the other the, the other one <laughs> um yeah, it was one of those ones where it's like I I didn't even bother finishing it because it was such a straight lift of the original. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the vanishing—it's a pretty good movie. I
0: I yeah, I'd imagine I would imagine if the American the I can't imagine the American version ends the same way.
1: Really, um, I I honestly don't remember how it ends.
0: Yeah, huh? I don't know. Yeah, people can check out the the original one is creepy and strange and mm. um, effective. I don't know about the Keith O'Sullivan version though. Clay didn't seem to like it. Nope, the vanishing point, it's almost like that, except not. So that's it. We're done with this. Singularity's over. Continue with the Enterprise, Continuing with the Lower Decks, which is just going to wrap up very soon. And then we'll be on to Discovery, and we're done after that. So, guys, have a good day. We will see you later.